What's happening, everybody? I'm Nolan Tuck. Stacy Glover. And you're listening to Cinema Parlor. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing uh, well, as as well as we can right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be talking about a film called The Baby. And for the show, we have actually two guests today. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, one a reoccurring and one a new. Our first guest, Melanie, you're back. Our editor, our producer, our showrunner. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, you know, I'm just killing it. We also have Spencer... You are from Spike Lee Podcast. We cut, we heads. cut heads. I'm sorry. I, I fail at most things. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, just, uh, just trying to survive right now, like everyone else. Yes. So, as on every show, what's everybody drinking? I'll start off. Uh, I'm having a Dark and Stormy, one of my go-to drinks. Um, Stacy, what are you drinking? I am having a ginger beer with ginger whiskey. Okay. Just ginger on ginger. You've got the whiskey, I got the rum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Melanie. Also a dark and stormy, but I put J&B instead of, so All right. actually I guess that's not what that is. A little spin on that. And Spencer, what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking a, uh, it's a ginger ale, blood orange, lime and lemon. It's kind of fancy. It's really good. That sounds great. So we all do have uh, ginger. I don't know what it means, but I like it a lot. <laughs> good synergy. Almost as, as, almost as bizarre as the, re- the revelation at the end of the Pam Greer episode. It's true. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, you guys didn't... I don't know if you guys haven't listened to it. We found out that Spencer, Joel, and I, our birthdays are in sequence. It's that the 21st, is amazing. the 22nd, and the 23rd. Is that right? Uh, 22, 23, 24. 20, yeah. Isn't that weird? That is, that, that's crazy. Absolutely yeah. fanat- fantastic. Spencer, if you don't mind, uh, tell us about your show a little bit. So uh, our current season is me and my uh, co-host slash friend Joel go through uh, every Spike Lee movie and we pair it with what won the best picture that year or what won um, the Palme d'Or that year. And uh, this is an excuse to watch Spike Lee movies and we do special episodes on occasion on uh, whatever I feel like it, honestly. So we've done one on Pam Greer. We've done one on uh, uh, Fred Williamson. We, we've done one on uh, Jabril Diop-Mumpeti. Absolutely. And um, so it's, it's kind of covering this like uh, black film, whatever I feel like talking about. Sure. I'm working out an interview potentially with someone who has a movie out that came out last year, but I'm trying to work out the details of that currently. Oh, okay. Awesome. That sounds great. Well, I just want to say that it's an honor to have you on. We I enjoy your show. I listened to your Summer of Sam episode the other day because I recently uh-huh. watched uh, the new Blu-ray that Kino put out. I enjoyed that episode, so just wanted to give the shout out on oh, that. Thank one. you. So. Yeah, if you listen to the episode, you know I'm kind of lukewarm on it. I don't know. Spike is always messy but interesting. That's <laughs> a real, that's a real messy, interesting. Oh yeah, <laughs> we can definitely agree on that <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Um, all right, so kind of what we always do, uh, kind of go around and see what everybody's been up to. Uh, Stacy, let's start with you. What have you been up to, man? Well, my my ever long journey of watching all the Bond films is coming to a close. I only have Spectre left to watch. I have been playing the Sega Streets of Rage titles. I played Sega; it was for Sonic. Streets of Rage just passed me by. I was more of a Final Fight guy. Okay, so I wanted to explore these titles. I hear the music was excellent and. Those first two games are very good. Number three was a bit of a letdown, but okay. glad I played through them all. Okay, that sounds good. Um, real quick on like your watch, your your watch through of those Bond movies was was there one that you particularly enjoyed that you you were unexpecting, or on the vice versa, was there one that you enjoyed that you 
decided was not as good as you thought it was. Mm, so surprises. <laughs> I think my biggest surprise is that I thought going into it that Goldeneye was a good movie. And uh. I, I don't think it is anymore. Okay. I, I think that 12-year-old Stacy was wrong. I <laughs> think Pierce Brosnan might be the worst Bond on a rewatch. He he doesn't really bring much to the role. He He's a handsome dude that has a lot of puns. Yeah. But not much personality. He's trying really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, he is. Um, <laughs> as far as like surprises, it's not a good movie, but I found A View to a Kill to be particularly entertaining. Christopher Walken is a very good villain. Grace Jones brings her brand of weird sexiness to the film. Roger Moore is super old in the movie. That Duran Duran song is awesome. It's killer. Right now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spencer, any do you have yeah. uh, any thoughts on the James Bond franchise? I have very strong opinions, so I'll try to keep it. Uh, I love Roger Moore; he's the goofy one. I prefer uh, I prefer the goofy and absurd Bonds over the more serious ones. And uh, the Octopus season one, every time you watch it, I'm like, oh, this is better than I remember, even though it's pretty fucking stupid. <laughs> but, my, but my favorite Bond is um, Man for the Golden Gun. Because nice. it's uh, All right. kind of uh, their take on like a kung fu movie, so like it has that. So like I'm kind of engineered to like it to begin with. And you have um, exploitation, and uh, I like stuff set in the south. So it's like, oh yeah, okay. kung fu. And you have like southerners. This is perfect for me. I'll be honest. I have I have not seen like very many of the the eighties stuff. So or the seventies or the lot of the stuff. Yeah, exactly. I've I've seen like the the Connery most of them. And I've obviously seen... So, Roger, you're like... Roger, I don't... Yeah, and also, um, I haven't seen much... Timothy and Roger are probably my favorite. Roger at the beginning of his run, not at the end, whenever he's a grandfather. His run's interesting because (laughs) throughout the 70s, I feel like each one of his movies is kind of chasing what's popular at the time. You know, Man with the Golden Gun is kind of chasing the Kung Fu movie. But before that, Live and Let Die is very black exploitation, mm-hmm. and then Moonraker is post Star Wars science fiction. It's true. And then you got, then you have Jaws with literally Jaws showing up in the one about the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Spencer, uh, what have you been up to? Well, uh, video game wise, I uh, downloaded uh, Breath of the Wild, and I thought, great, I can finally play this new Zelda game, and I haven't played. I didn't go up on Zelda games. Mm-hmm. I played Ocarina of Time once, but it made no sense to me. So I went for sure. like 15 years telling people I hate the Zelda games okay. until I until I downloaded um, uh, Link to the Past to like, oh, I was just a stupid kid. I didn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, here's the stinger. Turns out our uh, Switch doesn't have enough memory. And so I have to order a memory card so I can't play it yet. Oh, that is a bummer. It's a wonderful game. That's one I I hadn't played either, and I just got a Switch like a few months back, and I started it, and I I was enjoying it. I kind of put it on pause because I've been playing the new Animal Crossing game. Probably doing bad. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anything else you would like to mention? I'll just let, okay, I'll stick to the the movie I recently saw that really impressed me. This uh, terrible um, Italian uh, Dirty Harry knockoff with Fred Williamson called. Uh, Black Cobra as a <laughs> Clint one. Nice. And uh, it rips off Death Wish with like this gang of uh, uh, god criminals and 
they get a little rapey because it's Deathwish, so they enter time, so you kind of expect that. Mm -hmm. But and then it rips off um, Altman's A Long Goodbye with some stuff like he has a pet cat, and there's a cat food scene where Fred has to eat cat food with the with his cat. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Italian, like, super cheap action movies, it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm i a sucker for, like, cheap Italian um, stuff like that. And, uh, and good Italian stuff. I also appreciate that. Like, it's a stupid shit. And yeah. there are three sequels to Black Cobra. And so uh, I can't wait to watch those because <laughs> I love Fred. And I love Italian knockoff movies. And this is, Black Cobra is so fucking good. Hell yeah. Is it, where is it available? Is it on Amazon or? Uh, it's on Tubi right Tubi? now. Okay. okay. And the sequels, one is on Amazon, one's on Amazon, one is on YouTube, and the third one, I'm not sure where to find it. That sounds like a good time. Awesome. Oh yeah, it is. Well, uh, Melanie, what have you been up to? Well, I'm pecking away at that Peck and Paw book. It's yes. very long. I've finished two trash romance novels since the lockdown has started and I feel pretty good about that. I paused my Persona 5 because I'm going to get the new game, but I missed it when I was on sale, so now I've got to pay full price. I'm kind of annoyed mm. about it. Mm-hmm. My bad. What's the deal with the Persona games? Because like Persona 5, <laughs> I want to buy it, but every time I look to buy it, I'm like, what fucking version is the right one? Listen, like Spencer, I was confused about this too, Listen, man. <laughs> I got you. The newest one that's come okay. out, that's what you need because, and I messed up. I knew this. You always want to wait with Persona games and play the special editions because they give you extra content, new characters. I fudged this up so bad. I played probably, I don't even know, like 100 hours already into that mm-hmm. game. And I think I'm only at the second dungeon. And now I'm just going to do it all over again. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. But I'm super it's excited right. about it because JRPGs are the shit. I, I've always wanted to play that game. So I, I'm going to pick it up at some point. You, you, I've never played one either. You will like it. Especially if you if JRPGs are not your thing. The Persona games are, the story's so good, the combat's super slick, the music is, it's really good. So, and then for films, I mean, watched Angel Heart recently, which is great and super fucked up. I enjoyed that movie. It's a great movie. Has that one, is that one you've seen, Spencer? Um, no, it's been on my Netflix. I have a lot, I have a very long Netflix DVD queue. Eventually, eventually I'll watch it. Here's a question. Um, Mickey Rourke, okay? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm probably going to sound dumb saying You're not going to give spoilers, he hasn't No, no, that. this is about him as an actor. I, I, know, I, I know the spoiler. Um, it, okay. Um, I did an episode last year and someone spoiled the ending of that on well, accident. Oh, no. To be fair, oh, man, I mean, fun. within the first five minutes, like, you, sure. it, you know, but... No, th- this is this is strictly an actor question. Who, who came first? Because I really don't know, so you tell me. Who came first? <laughs> him? Or Bruce Willis? Because they a, seem like the same on. person on screen. Is this Are like you a... kidding me? Wait a second. You think that... I can't. Because he said the same... Stacey... You did? Are you serious? No, no, hang on. Stacy said that they have a very similar energy. They do. You guys talked about this. No, I said that um, I think his performance in Angel Heart is very similar to the the energy that Bruce Willis has in the original Die Hard. Absolutely. Like, Bruce Willis never shows that again. Well, in Moonlighting, please. Sure. He's got that spark of Moonlighting. But, like, once he's a star, he's, like, kind of on cruise control. And this is what I like Bruce This is Willis. more what I was going for. I'm not ripping him. I'm just asking. They I'm are, just I'm just curious. Have you not seen Nine and a Half Weeks still? I have not. 
you should probably come back to me once you have. Okay. Once you've actually right. seen what he can I'm do. S- I'm sorry about Mainly the question. It's just... He has more range. I mean, you watched Iron Man 2. He's got the Russian accent. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a couple things. I won't name too much. Mostly want to talk about real quick a director that passed away. Uh, I guess it's been, is it two weeks ago now? I, uh, Obiashi. Oh, yeah. I think like a lot of people, I'd only seen House available to us. And there's a YouTube channel that was kind of made available right after his death and they've uploaded a number of his films oh, yeah. on there. I saw some, some I think like seven or eight are on there. So I watched a couple oh. there. I'm going to try to watch all of them, but um, one in particular I really enjoyed was called his motorbike, her Island. And this is from uh, 1986. And uh, I thought it was really great. Everybody should check that out. If you can, you know, find that YouTube channel. I just wanted to mention those and, uh, I think he's a great artist, and I wish his things were more available. So that's about all I got to say on that. <laughs> all right, give me one second here because I lost my place. Okay, the baby. This is from 1973, directed by Ted Post, and I'm going to read the synopsis here, um, given to us by uh, Letterbox. And they always start off so good, all in caps, as this is no um, exception. What goes on in this nursery isn't for kids! Exclamation. A social worker who recently lost her husband investigates the strange Wadsworth family. The Wadsworths might not seem too unusual to hear about them at first, consisting of the mother, two grown daughters, and the diaper-clad, bottle-sucking baby. The problem is the baby is 21 years old. First, uh, Spencer, you're a guest today. Uh, Tell us kind of what you love about this movie. What I love about this movie is it's truly one of a kind. It's... uh... It's in that wave of family, like, house, uh, like, single-set-centered thrillers, like, post-Psycho. And then after Psycho, like, you have, this is just, like, the the trashy, weird cousin of Psycho in a lot of ways. It's unapologetically campy and ridiculous, and it's always itself, and there's never a moment of it trying to ape something else. It always feels very odd kind of upsetting, kind of fucked up, like, movie that could only have been made in 1973. It's kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is the only time with this scenario that this could have been made in this way mm-hmm. and turned out, like, the way it did. Better is Dick Vermel. He's a TV editor, and he edited um, the classic film Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Uh, I just like, I like the flow of the movie because, like, uh, uh, Ted Post was, like, he's just... Uh, like a gun for hire. He knew how to make something flow. He is he was reliable. He knew how to make something functional. And like he approached her like like his his opinion of this movie is like it's a movie I made and and I liked it. Here are things I liked about it. He's not embarrassed. He's like sure. He's just a craftsman approach to everything. Yeah, as much as Hollywood loves remakes, they could never remake it. I mean, it wouldn't get greenlit. Melody, what are your thoughts on the baby? To me, it's. I mean, it's more of like a comedy masquerading as a horror film. All the marketing, the posters, the VHS cover, any sort of art they did for it is definitely, it promotes it as a horror film. I mean, it walks this fine line. It's such a bizarre movie because it Mm -hmm. feels like something that is made for TV in the 70s. There's no nudity. There's no hardcore violence. I mean, you see a grown man get hit with a cattle prod a couple of times (laughs) and babysitter get smacked around by a mother it's pretty tame i don't know it's just it's such a it is such a bizarre thing that it's like played as so straightforward and innocent Mm -hmm. and that makes it more bizarre to me 
Yeah. And I just think it's hilarious. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. I, there is nothing else like it. I think it's a very special cult film. I just, I love it. Okay. I'll go ahead and say that I didn't love this movie, but I also like didn't dislike it. I thought it was very well directed. It is a very odd movie. I, I think <laughs> a part of me wishes it would have uh, gone a little more extreme at times. Um, for instance, like something I, I did enjoy was like how they brought other people in to kind of watch over him, and mm-hmm. and you get the that social workers right. that come in before, and you get the one the one scene where the one lady came in and she does some pretty uh, messed up stuff by feeding her breast. To oh, the you're baby. talking about the babysitter. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the mama and the daughters go out for an yeah. evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's left at home with the babysitter, yeah. and she goes in to to calm him. Yeah. That, to soothe him. That is something that stuck with me a little bit. I wish I liked it more, but again, I, I respect the movie. I think it was well directed. It just did not uh, hit hit with me. Were you hoping it was more like a John Waters type of trash? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I mean, I am. I'll, I'll be honest. I've, I've, I'm a messed up person, probably inside. I, I like to see the worst <laughs> in things. So I was hoping it was going. To be a little more trashier. You than, wanted more baby fucking. Or like baby murder. Yeah, like, baby murder. I, I wanted to see him lose, be loose cannon a little bit, I guess. Okay. Stacy, uh, your thoughts on the movie. I think the most interesting thing about this movie is the director, Ted Post. He's a basically studio filmmaker. Work Got his start on TV doing like Rawhide, Gunsmoke. And then he... It's like he made sequels to popular franchises. He did Hang 'em High, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, which is a weird fucked up movie. And then Magnum Force, which is an okay. interesting sequel. Kind of like a course correction. Everybody that was mad about Dirty Harry's liberal use of violence towards criminals. Yeah. But it's an interesting film. Uh, and then he went on oh. to do the Cagney and Lacey TV pilot. And he did the Stagecoach remake from the 80s with uh, all the country music stars. Mm -hmm. I think Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, and Chris Christopherson are in it. Mm -hmm. So he's he's just kind of like a higher director, like studio studio guy. guy. He did a movie based off a book called The Harad Experiment, which is a movie, I guess, (laughs) the the premise is if you take a bunch of attractive co-eds and make them cohabitate, what happens? Which they bang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this this movie is so different from like Beneath the Planet of the Apes while weird, it's still that's a studio picture, yeah. you know, a sequel to a franchise. Mm-hmm. Same with Magnum Force, you know, Hang'em High is a traditional Western. It's just this is a very weird film for this type of director to make, and I find that fascinating. Spencer, can I ask, um, when were uh-huh. you first exposed to this? movie or or what kind of was this something you found on your own or or was it something that you seven six years ago um uh netflix streaming used to have a good selection of older movies and like cult movies sure and i had the baby on there i fell in love and there's just like a moment towards the end when i guess who cares about spoilers it's almost 50 years old yeah you're that's true when at the end like when i realize their tires are slashed i'm like oh this movie is made for me. I had no idea what to expect. I fell in love and I watched it. I don't rewatch really movies that much, and I watched it on on, uh, on Netflix like maybe six or seven times oh before I got to DVD. I love that. <laughs> how would how would you guys like to go about this? Do you kind of want to break the movie down, like beginning to end? Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll just do a general like, overview, or or kind of the things that kind of how how what caught us, I guess. Okay. Um, so I'll I'll just start by saying. Um, the the first thing I wrote in my notes: growing baby boy through Polaroids. <laughs> so we kind of we kind of see his uh, evolution here. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, he's in some sort of diapers in each photo. <laughs> some sort of diapers? <laughs> They're just diapers, man. They're cloth diapers. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I've never had a kid. I'm sorry. They're scary. The, this movie sort of plays on that fear. Yeah, I guess this is very true. I think I joked when we were younger, if I ever have a kid, I would just make him have a, get a job and give me money. So, is this bad? Yeah, yes. you're, you're a bad Surf person. Them? Okay, I'm yeah, sorry. I, it was a joke. I'm kidding, everyone. It's like a dog to a teenager. <laughs> we, we see the Wadsworth house. We meet all of our characters. We'll go through. Um, so, we've got Anjanek Comer. Is that what he said? Yeah, yeah, I think it's Comer. Okay. Um, and she's played by Ann, Gent- or Ann Gentry is the character there. We have Suzanne Zinner. And that's Alba Wadsworth. We have Ruth Roman. And Ruth Roman is played by Miss... No, Ruth Roman's the actress. (laughs) I am. I'm messing up completely. These are the actors. The characters are on the right. (laughs) Let's start again in five, four. I'm on my fourth Dark and Storm. Third, whatever it is. Here, you do it. Did you just throw your phone at me? Okay. Okay, so the social worker and Gentry... That's played by Ingenetti Comer. I believe she's uh, mostly a TV actress, yes. from what I was looking. Second lead would be Mrs. Wadsworth, which is Ruth Roman. The uh, the lead woman in uh, Strangers on a Train, she was uh, a Granger. What, what's that actor's name? From Farley. Rogue. Farley. Farley Granger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she was his romantic interest. Interesting about Ruth Roman, she was set up to be a big starlet. She had a contract with Warner Brothers. For whatever reason, it just, I think Strangers on a Train was the biggest movie that she was in, but she was up for a Golden Globe um, early on in her career. I I think, like, best new performer, and uh, then she just kind of faded away into TV. She has, like, she has real, like, Joan Crawford energy. Oh, yeah. uh, She'll destroy you if she wants to. I also think that her character, it kind of plays on, like, the, the older woman horror trope. Post Baby Jane. It's the tax quotation, like Reverend Baby Jane. Yeah. And like Betty Davis did a whole bunch of as like older like women you don't fuck with. Yeah, yeah. Straight Jacket, mm-hmm. an Straight. excellent film. Joan is a really good comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so then we have the two girls, uh, Alba played by Suzanne Zinner. So she was in um, Played Again, Sam, hmm. and The Moonshine War. I think she did a lot of television yeah, as well. She did soap operas, and she was on the pilot for Three's Company. Mm. But then she got married, and then she uh, left the business after she got married. And then for Jermaine Wadsworth, uh, Mariana Hill. Hey, she's in Godfather Part 2. Obviously made it out the best out of everyone. High Plains Drifter. Yeah, High Plains Drifter. Um, Messiah of Evil. I think she was the lead lady in High Plains Drifter. Uh, but she did a lot of television as well. Messiah of Evil. We actually watched that, like, I what, a year or two ago? I, I loved it, too. Yeah, that was really great. Have you seen that one, Spencer? No, it's been for a while. Yeah. Is her hair as crazy in that one, too? It's, like, stringy, okay. like, wild, but it's black, isn't it, in that movie? But it's still oh. untamable. I'm going to go ahead and say I had, I definitely had crushes on both Jermaine and Alba in this I film. I think that they're gorgeous, I think they're babes. <laughs> Obviously, there's a competition between mother and daughter with, like, who uh-huh. has the biggest hair. Yeah. But, again, I'm into it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then the the star of the film, David Mooney, as Baby Wadsworth. He does a good job. He does a very good job. He This is kind of a thankless role, and I think he does an excellent job in portraying a 21-year-old baby. 
baby is being forced to be a baby. Right. Kind of being yeah. beaten into submission. So yeah, it's not a normal situation like someone that has mental incapacities that mm-hmm. functioning at a lower level. This is probably someone that would have been a normal adult male, but instead he was never taught and was just beaten. It's pretty messed up. Yeah. It's pretty fucked and up. It's, it's based, and it's based off of, sort of based off of a true story. Like a couple of years before this, there, there was a, a case of this, of like an adult baby, but it was, they never say how old she is, but mm-hmm. probably like teens, early 20s for um, welfare. The writer, Abe. Abe Polsky. Abe Polsky. Polsky. But uh, apparently he, he saw that and was like, oh, I got to make a movie about this. And, and he wrote a, a bunch of scripts, and this was the one he was passionate about, which makes me wonder about him. Like, I wish, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he's dead, but I, I, I just want to, like, talk to him about like, oh, what yeah. he's interested in. Because if this is the indication, like, mm-hmm. he must be a real fascinating guy. <laughs> I found yes. I found a note about him. He wrote another film released in 1969 called The Gay Deceivers, and the film is about oh. two two guys who dodge the draft because they pretend to be gay lovers. Oh yeah, I know about this movie. I I, I was on YouTube for a while. Yeah, it's uh, I was looking for reviews for that, and like there's a site about like gay movies, and they and they're they're. The reviewer said it's not as offensive as you would expect. And it's kind of a little <laughs> more, more more progressive. Okay, than, okay. Like, other portrayals of the people of the time. You know, I can see that because his portrayal of women in this film, mm-hmm. even though there's a lot of crazy true. happening, all of the women are smart compared to the men. No, that's very true. And that's not even to say baby. It's just like right. the men at the party, the guy. They're just looking remember. to get into some pants. Alba torturing the guy on the stairs yeah. and him just taking it because he mm-hmm. just wants to get that's right that that sweet sweet strange yep <laughs> all the men uh, are so dumb that guy is Michael Pataki yeah he's, he's a in great Halloween. character Halloween four he's in Halloween four yeah. and he's uh in some Star Trek thing Pataki is this great he's always great as a scumbag yeah mm-hmm. he has my favorite line about um, being a skin freak. And like that, that. Yeah, that's during the party. He comes up, you've got great skin. And she's just like, oh, I hope you're a dermatologist. Mm -hmm. And he's like, nah, I'm skin free. I'm skin free. (laughs) That's right. That line always like, because I'm an esthetician. So Melanie, you're saying that line wouldn't work on you? No. Spencer, that line would work on nobody. When our country opens again someday, I'm going to, I'm going to use that line. You're going to, oh, I thought you were going to be, like, talking Animal Crossing and check out yeah, those I, I turnip thought, stocks. See, that's what I thought. I thought you were going, like, hey, baby, let me see your turnips. But also, you're I'm talking... a skin freak. You're a skin freak. <laughs> <laughs> my chances are high. Uh, kind of kind of my players in the film. Mrs. Gentry uh, comes to visit the Wadsworth, Wadsworth house, if I could talk. Uh, Mrs. Wadsworth greets her, and uh, we find out Gentry is a, a social worker for the state, mm-hmm. correct? We, right here, we kind of meet baby we understand it is mrs wadsworth's son and we meet you say it he i'm sorry obviously we we've talked about we meet the daughter uh germaine um we find out there is no uh husband or quote-unquote man of the house and also i I wrote this note down that germaine has some crazy hair as we've talked about already (laughs) and um this time we we see baby get uh getting fed some pudding which um i found quite pleasant 
What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did, uh, can you read what you wrote down for that? Putting, what did you say? I, I mean, okay, I, I added the pleasant part just now. What did now. you write? I he, just... He, Gets fed pudding. I just said it. Baby gets fed pudding. Some pudding. <laughs> Did you just write the story? <laughs> yeah, and early on, like when you first see the Wadsworth, when uh, you meet um, Mama, she's wearing red in the red room. Yes, she kind of blends in, and and red is like a color of danger. And in the that scene, um, Anne is wearing uh, baby blue, and so like it clashes with the red. So like immediately, just like subconsciously, it's. Like, as stupid as the movie is, because it's, like, can't be nonsense, there, there is, like, real intent behind. No, I, I think that's really important that you mention that, Spencer. After the pudding. After the pudding, right. <laughs> we have a, a scene where Baby gets his legs massaged with oil. A lot of lotion. A lot, a lot of lotion, oil going on. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was weird. Yes. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> she really gets yep. up on the... Yep. Up that, there. Yep. Um, I believe at this point also uh, our social worker is playing ball with baby as well. She's trying to see what his motor functions are, how much he can utilize his legs. And I think she comments that she's surprised his legs don't work better because they seem normal. Mm -hmm. And this is before we have realized the full functionality, how much he can actually do. Right. Yeah. A a quote I wrote down at this time, uh, Scorpios aren't cautious, just dangerous. We find out Mrs. Gentry's husband um, is kind of gone. We don't know what has happened to him at this point, um, but she's watching kind of like a slideshow with her mother-in-law. Thank you, if I could talk right at this point. Um, so so we kind of get the idea something there was an is accident. going on, but we don't exactly yeah. know what. Uh, Nolan, and, uh, did you think he was dead? Spencer, in my, in my notes, I actually wrote that. I, I, I kind of wrote that husband is dead without finding out later but like at this yeah i absolutely thought he was the way they talked about Mm -hmm. him it definitely is leading you on that yeah there's a tragic accident he passed away i thought they did a really good job on with that kind of so after this this point um i think this is the the scene i was talking about a little earlier where we have the babysitter come in the nursery Mm -hmm. and to comfort sweet sweet baby yeah to, to comfort baby um she ends up like wanting to give him some milk well, okay, she doesn't want, oh, right. he just latches on, because that's what babies, yep. you know, mm-hmm. just a weird thing. Before she's talking to her her boyfriend on the phone, mm-hmm. and her boyfriend is uh, very horny, uh, uh, if you pay attention to him. Oh yeah, he, like, he's trying to get her to come over. That's a very good point, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I never noticed this time, but like, she mentions like, are you wearing underwear? And she's like, of course I am, and then <laughs> at the end of the conversation she says, I'll take them off. And I never caught that line. It's like, okay, yeah. this is more, even more sexual than I remember. Yeah, because she... I'm glad you mentioned it's, that. It's at the tail yeah. end of that conversation. Okay. Does it not place like a little something in your head, though? What's going on with him and Mama? He latches on. Yeah, he's like, yep, let's go. And she, she is... Mm-hmm. You're saying because he, he is handicapped and his handicap is all trained behavior mm-hmm. that right. this is also trained behavior i feel like it could be i it's well super... and we we do find out later in the film that sister's got a thing with uh hanging out in the crib well we'll, uh-huh. we'll get right. to that here in just a minute but <laughs> that's, that's i do have concerns about what's happening with him and mama mm-hmm. the babysitter is like at first you know she's like oh baby and she says it like a billion times and then eventually it becomes like 
no, baby. It's like very, right. very sexual. <laughs> and he's just yeah. so this would not be allowed. Even back then, right? Like he's mentally <laughs> handicapped. You couldn't just like go through your yellow pages and hire a babysitter. Like you know, because oh, he's saying... he's a fully developed man. The idea of a teenager changing a grown man's diaper. This is probably too much information, but I have two situations that I can mm-hmm. tell you about. My mom was a hospice nurse. When I was younger, she cared for mentally disabled. And I know there's better terminology for it now, but I'm just saying that's what it was called at the time. Mentally disabled adult. Anyone that had special needs, she had a lot of adult Down syndrome pa- patients. And they would have other people come in that weren't... It wasn't always a certified nurse. My mother would go out to check up if there was any... I mean, I won't get into too into it, but sure. she she would do medical stuff. She would check blood pressure. She would do all of that stuff. See how they how they were doing physically. They would have caretakers, and a lot. I will tell you, a lot of times the family passes that off to someone else. As crappy as that sounds, they will bring someone else in. I'm a home health aide, and so like I, I do stuff like this, and I'm not a trained nurse, but uh, yeah, yeah. So like uh, like you know, home health aide where I live, you have to be over eighteen. But, like, you don't have to be formally trained. It just have to, it's just more about, like, where you work. They call it a personal care assistant. Well, here, yeah, you don't have any formal training. You're not a nurse because that's a CPM. That's something, mm-hmm. that's a different thing. You, you don't have a medical degree. So you're just a kid. Because when I was doing it, I was probably, I mean, that was still when I was in college. Yep. So I would have been, I mean, a kid. Uh, yep, you, you go... And uh, you, again, I won't get into it because sure. I can't, but right. you see a lot and you do a lot. A lot of times, as a big a bummer as this is, families just push it off. Like, they disconnect. They don't want a lot to do with it. So, to me, it's very believable. <laughs> In a weird, fucked up way, it's super believable. It's weird, because on one hand, it's like, yeah, you get to know a person, but on the other hand, it's like, uh, why can't your family do this? Yep. If, uh... Yeah. It's like a super depressing. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of what happens in this situation, she kind of. Well, he takes her. And I'm not meaning it in a bad way. I'm like, he takes her. Right. He latches. Like babies do. Right. They latch. Yeah. Can't help it. It's a natural. Uh, But it has a a feeling of like, has this happened before? Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's happened before. Yeah. So. Mom and her sisters, mom and her daughters <laughs> come in the nursery and they kind of, they beat well, they, the, they get back from like a night Right, they had been town. out, yeah. They end up uh, beating the shit out of this lady and uh, yeah, they, yeah, they kind of uh, are not in, very happy. In fact, I think it, Jermaine like pulls Mama off of her and is like, you're going to kill her. And Alba's just into it, no killer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which kind of makes yeah, sense. Alba's a crazy one who will cow crowd the baby, but Jermaine's the yeah. one's like, no, no, protect the baby. Well, and she's also Mama, the one that's like, I'm going to yeah. go into his bed whenever you're all sleeping, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. She, mm-hmm. she she loves her baby brother. Another one, <laughs> it's a really weird dynamic of, like, one hates the younger right. sibling, one loves, like, too one much. loves her baby yeah. brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, too much. So kind of after this, uh, Mrs. Gentry, she comes back to the house that she tries to have uh, two tests. Uh, baby's balance and coordination. She's playing with the ball. Yep. And... Uh, Mrs. Wadsworth sees this happen and doesn't like it, like, one bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very upset about it. Gentry, Mrs. Gentry suggests taking the baby to a clinic to Mrs. Wadsworth. 
Um, so she's given an option for a future date to discuss maybe giving him over to a facility. Yeah. Well, I have a question for you since this was your first time watching this movie. Yes, everybody else has seen this before. Yeah. At what, or at any point in the movie, did you question Mrs. Gentry's... The social uh, worker. Yeah, the social worker, her um, motives. Because um, she does become obsessive pretty early on she's right. over there every day yeah this i mean i'll be honest my this first watch through I, I i was of the opinion that she was trying to to do good work <laughs> she was she's just trying to be a good worker she, she was, was our she was our protagonist here she was trying to do good you know at what point in the film did you catch on that her motives were not actually uh, if i'm saying this completely right That's because fair. was but, it during credits no it, it was during <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> i believe it was during it, it took me a while it took was me it to like, during, like the house sequence yeah where when they, they like, yeah, yeah we'll get there mm-hmm. and that's the point i knew for sure that <laughs> was i too late to notice probably <laughs> but i'm admitting it at least so kind of at this point um uh baby gets abused by a cra- uh, cow prod by alba and this is kind of where you learn that this is forced behavior on baby. Yeah, he's, that he's being tormented. That he probably this. didn't have disabilities. That right. Either if it started initially just for state money, since the papa is gone, or Munchausen, you don't know. Uh, then after that, the other sister, Jermaine. This is kind of what we we've, we've talked about earlier. I wrote down that she's a nasty sister and gets <laughs> naked uh, and climbs <laughs> to the, the crib with baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said nasty sister? Is that your search on, <laughs> your search on Pornhub? My go-to. <laughs> <laughs> you know they, okay, there's a website that it's not, it doesn't show you porn or anything, but it shows you what people are actively searching for in Pornhub mm-hmm. right now. People are That nervous. sounds really good. Yeah, it's super good. <laughs> I'll link it in the description oh. below. Thank you. Let's see. I, I wrote down each of Mrs. Wadsworth's uh, kids were had by a different man. We find that out. Mm-hmm. Um, the men never stick around. Whatever. Are you slut shaming? No. Mrs. Wadsworth uh, gets rid of Mrs. Gentry at this point as she kind of doesn't like what's what's happening there. In this moment, she is on the porch wearing jeans like um, uh, Joan Crawford and Johnny Guitar. She's got her daughter on each side. She's wearing jeans. She's got her arms crossed. And she's like, no. Because <laughs> she knows that this lady wants her kid. Yeah. Mama sees it. Yeah. Yeah. So Mrs. Gentry calls Mrs. Wadsworth after this point. Um, they try and make up. Mrs. Wadsworth invites Gentry to Baby's birthday party. What a party. Yeah. This was my favorite the um, section scene. of the film. Yeah. I, like you kind of talked about earlier, that Spencer with editing and, and also the, the color palette. It was very uh, pleasing. Yeah. You get a whole lot of red in this too. Okay, this is signaling danger. I uh, Maybe I'm off base with this. I, I felt Kind of the Mar- Mario Bava Jalo colors um, coming through in the scene a little bit. I don't know if Ted Post was like a cinephile. Uh, well, sure. in the interview he said he doesn't like horror movies, so okay. I thought he'd watch Mario Bava. But I'm sure, like at least someone on set was like aware of Bava and like Italian horror on some level. Sure. Because the sequence does get kind of like Italian. Uh, but yeah, th- this this whole party sequence is very good. But is it not super bizarre that this dude, the skin freak? Technically, he is at a baby birthday party. They all are. I mean, they're all slamming drinks. They're getting hammered. <laughs> and he's just trying to rail his older sister. 
You know, you said an interesting thing, Nolan, in regards to, it was a slip up, but I think it's interesting in the way the relationship's portrayed. You said mother and sisters, and she does treat them very much, they're her like party gang. Each of them react very differently to Baby, whereas Mama's absolutely motherly towards him and sweet. Alba is very volatile and like the disciplinary. Yeah. And then there's Jermaine. Right. Yeah. Jermaine. Just slightly different. Mm-hmm. I'm, also, I'm not the pervert here, but we're talking about babies, <laughs> so everything's appropriate. So Alba yeah. is basically wearing a long shirt, and when she goes up the stairs, like, yeah. you can see. Oh, yeah. Like what, she, what she's wearing. And it's like, she... like it. it she dresses like a little kid. Yeah, absolutely. She, her okay. pigtails, like, I don't know how old she's supposed to be. She is wearing hugging baby doll dresses, where it's, like, just a shirt, but it's a dress. And the way the camera is angled on her, it's very upwards. No, yeah, yeah <laughs> you're not wrong. The party feel like it turned to an orgy at any moment. Absolutely. It's a, it's a key party. Mm-hmm. I, it's I was, so bizarre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Everybody's kind of having a dance party of some sorts during this. Mrs. Gentry's drink gets switched. They drug her. They do drug her with with the drink switch. I wrote down a quote that Mrs. Wadsworth says, um, men are something, which I found to be relevant. So we get the Wadsworth family. They end up, after they give the drink switch to Mrs. Gentry, they tie her up, basically. Kidnap her, take her downstairs Uh in the basement. Yes, I want to go back a few scenes. I think yes. This is, are, this is I think before they go to the, she goes to the party. Um, they're talking on the phone, and behind the the mother in law is listening on the phone. Yes. And you see her uh, frames with like a bunch of knives and like butcher knife. Yeah, that, and no, I, that's I was like, is that, yeah, it's like oh, okay, that's some foreshadowing that like I never noticed until this this time. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that ta- that plays into with Mrs. Wadsworth always in red and red in the Wadsworth home. And then whenever you cut to the Gentry home, just knives and darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually Mrs. Gentry ends up escaping with baby's help. I put that in quotes. She takes, um, she kind of, ha- he comes in, I don't, is it a kitchen area kind of where she's been well, tied she's up been, in? She's been tied up in the basement Base- and then okay. they go into the kitchen. And that's she, right. That's right. She kind of, kidnaps him at that point yeah i mean he comes yes yeah. he a- does <laughs> yeah she basically leaves uh with baby and we kind of get the scene at her place mrs gentry gives baby a bubble bath mm-hmm. um she dresses him up in a suit and tie Makes um, him look like a man. yeah trying to trying to make boy. him yes mm-hmm. um mrs gentry uh, I, if i'm skipping ahead at any point um please someone let me know if they have anything to say Mrs. Gentry sends... Uh, uh, yes. Uh, Mrs. Gentry is in red for the first time after stealing baby. Okay. Mrs. Gentry sends Wads- Mrs. Wadsworth a letter and a photo saying she's going to turn baby into a functioning adult. Mrs. Wadsworth then goes on a mission to try and steal back baby from Mrs. Gentry's house. So And, and Mrs. Wadsworth is wearing this like white trash kimono. She puts on her drinking kimono because yep. she can't anymore. She, yep. Baby's gone. She's just got to smoke her cigs and yep. the, drink her um, scotch. She's definitely it's my type of wife. No, I know. I mm-hmm. res- I mean, I don't respect her, but I do. High key. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, Mrs. Gentry and her... Kind of early in the film, we realized that like Mrs. Gentry and her mother-in-law are kind of living together. They're in the house together. The Wadsworth 
ladies uh, come and try to raid the house. And this is where the film turns into a horror film. Yeah, it, it, the rest of it is awkward, melodramatic mm-hmm. comedy, and then we're full on horror. We have yeah. the shadows. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Spencer, any thoughts on this sequence? Uh, I think it's on the score changes from like the yes. normal score, which I think goes like a kind of orchestral. Yeah. And then it does like a medley of it's like a jazz flute version. And then does an accordion version, and there are like other instruments take, doing a, a take on the on the main score for yeah. the whole sequence. Yes. And um, and uh, Jermaine, friends, I put mm-hmm. big hair in my notes. That works, Spencer. You can say big hair. <laughs> Everyone will know. Big hair. <laughs> and her outfit is insane because she's wearing like this purple top with like a leather a hippie skirt. Yeah, and yeah. her like, hair's like, like wait, why? <laughs> Her hair's like permed at the root. It makes no sense. It's amazing. No, yeah, uh, yeah. But but Alba is wearing like pants and like a tight shirt. And it's like okay, that's good for sneaking. Yeah, like you're, a you're just stealth. And like a leather corset. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> stealth. But she also, looks like she should be in like a Dragon Quest game with that outfit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but crazy. Spencer, she wanted to look. I mean, this is gross, but she wanted to look good for that baby. Mm-hmm. Like she was coming. Bringing it. You think she was there to lure the baby with her I mean, like whims? She listen. Yeah. You, me, you know the drill. Let's go. I'm in my leather corset. Obviously, yeah. we've yeah. we a little okay. bit about that earlier. I feel like that makes they both went in with attack. It makes sense. They both have a plan. Yeah, I guess like maybe the corset will like push push some things up and it, yeah, maybe attract the baby. Exactly. Feeding time. You get it. <laughs> okay, so. Basically, during during this kind of uh, attempt here from the Wadsworth ladies, uh, they fail. They fail hard. <laughs> Mrs. Gentry and her mother-in-law killed Jermaine and Alba, first uh, and foremost. Kind of revealed, like, slasher kills. Oh, yeah. Like, this is very much like, I, I guess up until that point, you've got, what, like, Bay of Blood yeah. that's doing that type of stuff? Yeah. You don't see the killings. You see them coming out afterwards with, like, a knife in the back. You see the consequences of whatever happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very much, like, played up like a horror reveal. Even the introduction of the the mother-in-law being in on it is played like a horror reveal. It's like in Scream, Blackly a Scream, when he's going, when he's, like, floating down a hallway. Like, it's a similar, it's not as as scary as that. Yeah. Like, it's still a jarring thing of, like, Oh, she's gonna go me too. Holy shit! This is a like I'm like oh, this is a movie for me. Gentry coming out with the hatchet, and then the mother-in-law coming down, and her being like, "No, don't kill her. This mm-hmm. is better." It's right. like, oh shit. Yep. Gentry is dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. She's got. She's she's deep. Uh, after after they are are both disposed of, um, Mrs. Wadsworth is also uh, she's captured by mm-hmm. Mrs. Gentry. They drag her. Uh, body, um, and they basically bury her alive with her daughters, who are both already dead. Well, and they set this up because they, 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 they have the workers there working on the pool, and she's telling them not to finish um, the foundation on it yet. Did you say that she broke her legs when she uh, no. when they caught her? Yeah, uh, so she falls off like the top rail of their this big right. staircase that they have, and she says, oh, my legs, and that's whenever... Mother-in-law yep. comes in to finish the job. But yep. oh no. Yep. This is better. 
<laughs> she doesn't have that Jamie Lee dexterity to survive stair falls with legs intact. Of course not. <laughs> okay, so kind of this leads us to the very our our last scene. We find out that Mrs. Gentry um, ends up having her own uh, quote unquote adult baby, which is her husband, who is alive, and him and uh, baby brought together to Playmates. be friends, uh, to have each other. Uh, Spencer, your thoughts on this end? Uh, the first time, I didn't expect it. Every time I, I come, I see a movie again, I'm like, I always forget how weird this feels. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know it's going to happen, but it's like, how we get this there. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, how we get there is like, does it matter? Uh, not really, because <laughs> I just enjoy like, the, like the trashy, stupid campiness of all of it. And like, you know that, you know they're clear of murder because you get that cut of, uh, mm-hmm. you see uh, the pool, the, 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 the dirt, and then you have a wife to like, oh, the pool's done. It's like, oh, I guess they got away with murder. Yeah, happy splash right. time. Right. And then freeze frame. Nolan, this is your first yeah, time Yeah, me seeing this film for the first time. I, I was, <laughs> I did not expect this ending. Um, what did you think whenever they said ha- the pan of it is her saying, come on, baby. Like, because yeah. she's locked in the closet when yeah. the Wadsworths were in the house. Right. She gets baby out. He's yeah. going to be good now. You know. And then she's like, are you ready to play? Yeah. It, 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 it caught me by surprise. I kind of felt as we as we went along through the there film, was something, something was up because I didn't know it would be her husband, but obviously I still had questions about her husband. I, I did think he was dead early on, mm-hmm. but also as the film went on, um, that death has is never um, like fully addressed, told to you. So yeah. like, there's still questions about what's going on, and I, I my mind did at times wonder why she was so invested. Mm-hmm. in baby itself or himself i'm sorry um i'm sorry everyone uh i will say the end still did catch me by surprise and and i did like the ending as far as surprise level like where does it rank angela's dick sleep away <laughs> <laughs> on a scale no. of angela's dick <laughs> um i guess i'll go on a, a, a six a How, little above you would give it six angela's dicks yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> I was surprised, but not like, I guess I was surprised, but not shocked. How about that? And then you pieced it together. It's like all the puzzle pieces were out and then they came together at one. Absolutely. She is so weird. There's something where she's either wanting to, they didn't have a child, so she wanted a child, something like that. I think that was my initial reaction. Okay. What was yours, Stacey? Um, okay. The first time I watched this movie, I was not into it. And I think this kind of looks like a TV movie. I'm not interested. Okay. But, you know, on rewatching it, it it is a very well-directed film. The most interesting thing about this film for me is the director that it was just a Hollywood, just a worker. Gun for hire. Yeah, gun for hire. And I'm curious, like, how does a script like this get into his hands? This isn't like a major studio film. How does a script like this get greenlit? The Ted Post was friends with the writer Abe Polsky. Uh-huh. We're friendly with him. And Polsky tried to get him to make this movie. And, like, he's, like, eventually, after you're, like, fine, I'll read it. And he's, like, this is a weird movie. And he's kind of interested in it. <laughs> and it kind of got made because Ted uh, was, like, a, a, a he's a country hire guy, so he's reliable. They could trust him to, like, get to make something, you know, halfway decent. Uh, apparently, uh, Abe had trouble selling other scripts. Which, based off of this, is like, if this is, like, the one that got made, 
I, I think it's interesting because if you think about this material in maybe somebody else's hands, like we were talking earlier, the movie doesn't go far enough for you, Nolan. I think the uh, fact that it's so restrained and it's just taking the material, presenting the story in a very conventional way. So, I agree. I think the its subtlety is more fucked up somehow. No, I don't know why. Yeah. Spencer, I have a question for you real quick. Um, this is We've already answered all this, but you asked me this earlier and we just talked about it. Um, when you first watched the film, what what were your opinions on kind of the end? And did, what, what were your opinions on the husband? Like, did you think he was dead or did you believe he was still alive? Uh, I assumed he was dead the whole time. And then because, uh, I mean, honestly, I was kind of distracted by like Alba because I was like, oh, you're like, you, I can't wait to see her again. <laughs> but uh, like, I don't know, so overall, like, I love this. I, I, I was I was totally on board from the beginning. Because it's like, you guys are saying it starts out like a TV movie, and it's like, but it goes in this crazy, like, uh, flowers in the attic book. Mm-hmm. Goes to like, that type of direction, suddenly, pretty quickly. And it's just like, okay, I'm kind of, so I was kind of pretty much on board with whatever is going to throw at me. Mm-hmm. So, I, uh, so, like, I, I, I don't know, I, I like that. It's this weird, uh, like, more subtle. It's not big and in your face. Like, if there's strong waters with Divine, it sure. would be different, but they want to yeah. work. It's like, it's not, it's like, it's not, uh, like, queer enough for John Waters. Yeah. It's a little too normal for John yeah. Waters. <laughs> no, absolutely Too straight-laced, right. you're right. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, that... Yeah, we need more people, like, with missing teeth and, like, <laughs> more strippers. And dirty yeah. bathwater. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can I recommend similar movies that are... Please do. Okay, so there's this weird Charlotte movie called In the Folds of the Flesh. Uh, there's a DVD out there that I think might be on print now, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, a weird fucked up family. There's incest and they have pet vultures okay. and uh, there's murder. And it, it, it's kind of like this. It's like a, a, soap, like a soap opera melodrama type feel. Although, except In the Folds of the Flesh is a bad movie and that's just kind of interesting <laughs> to watch. And there's a British... British <laughs> movie from the same year called Girly. Uh, I have heard is, of that one. I've never seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen either of these. I've heard of Girly. Girly is a little more, a little more strange, but it's more violent and not not as sexual. But uh, Freddie Francis directed it, which uh-huh. makes it even stranger. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's one. I wonder if my Girly it's a good like a double feature of this. It's uh, not as demented. Spider Baby, I think, falls into a similar category. Actually, Spencer, I will tell you, we almost, because we didn't know if there would be enough to talk about on this one film, and we thought about a double with Spider Baby. I'm glad you brought that one up. That would have been uh, a fun one to discuss as well. And yeah, I I actually got the opportunity to see that one Mm -hmm. at our uh, local Alamo. They do like a a little Halloween marathon event every year. But I, okay, you get to show off that you get to that you live in our Elmo draft. Yes, right. <laughs> That's a very new development for us. This We're in a tiny midwestern small town. It's a big deal for it's us. It's our claim to fame. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that and Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt, yeah, Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. and John Goodman. Yeah, I live near Philly, but Philly doesn't even have one yet. It's fucked up. Oh wow, yeah, that is strange. One. Sorry, uh, the Moscow Cage. A movie I haven't seen because I heard there's an animal in it, and when I heard there's an animal in a movie like this, I uh, I'm not so keen on watching it because <laughs> uh, it's Carol Kane and like her okay. sister, 
and it's like it's somewhere like this like kind of demented and thing but like there's a, a pet gorilla that they torture and i don't mm. know how they handle the animal stuff so i have been sure. avoiding that one for yeah, a while i i can't i have a hard time watching a lot of pre-code stuff I, For me, it's cannibal films. I can't do the Italian cannibal films because of the the animals. Yeah, I don't like uh, yeah. or them using parts of animals. That, uh, it yeah, freaks me out. I don't like it. Yeah, I know some people who defend cannibal movies, but I think they're pretty indefensible because the yeah. ones are animal sure. torture too. They're really racist. You can't get around that. Uh, There's no excuse. Yeah, and just rapey. This comes from someone who used to have Cannibal Holocaust on DVD. I watched it four <laughs> times and be like. I, I bought it, so I have to like it. And then that's the first time, like, I don't have to like this movie anymore. I've seen that movie once, and I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. Yeah, I've much. just seen it the once. So I actually, I, what's weird, I've seen, when I was in high school, I saw Cannibal Ferox, which is, like, that's the only one I've seen. Like, if you get, like, like a single location and a weird family killing people or, <laughs> yeah. like, fucking people, I, yeah. I, I'm in. Speaking of, like, that, that location, I think is important, and... I didn't. We didn't really talk about this much, but the space and the architecture is very important for the film. Uh, thank you for talking about that. And uh, one last thing. Apparently, during our first showing, uh, Ted Post said the audience loved it, and like, he uh, got something like a studio showing or something, and they wanted him to do Q and A. And he said in an interview, "Like, I'm a I'm a movie maker. I don't I don't do these things. I just make movies." <laughs> Very nice. He doesn't want to answer for this. Yeah. Uh, thank you for those. I think those are. <laughs> no, those are great options. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess whatever happened to Baby Jane, kind of. Oh yeah. In Psycho, mm-hmm. but like, but you know, like everyone knows those movies. Oh, but I mean, it's still worth talking about, though. Okay, so are you guys That's ready true. for my Mary Fuck Hill? I'm ready. You, your body's ready. Stacy. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna go since you're the crankiest, Stacy. You're getting this first. So it's very simple, very cut and dry. We're just doing the Wadsworth family. So all the Wadsworth ladies. Uh, so yes. you have Mama, you have Alba, and you have Jermaine. Mary, Jermaine's the wild-haired lady. Jermaine's the one with big, big hair. Mm. Alba's pigtail baby. So marry, fuck, kill. I mean, I guess I would marry Jermaine. The child predator you're going to marry. Okay, got it. Yeah, I would fuck Alba. Mm-hmm. And kill Mama. Okay. I suppose. I suppose that's the way to go. Okay, Nolan. Okay, so I am marrying Alba. Mary. I like the crazy type. What can I say? <laughs> Those pigtails. Are you going to let her bring that cattle prod to bed? Hell yeah. <laughs> I am going to F mom. Oh because my. I want to know what, what that, that wild child's like in bed right there. What? Yep. She crazy. <laughs> I want to know. So you're you going to kill hear, Jermaine. I'm you want to hear that raspy voice yeah. in your ear. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And I'm going to ch- kill Jermaine. Like, I understand she's a beautiful lady, but you know what? Sometimes the best one's got to go. That's just your reasoning. That's all it is right there. Sometimes that's all you need. Spencer, I'm very sorry, but I have to ask you. Mary, fuck, kill Mama, Alba, or Jermaine? Hmm. You can take your time. Mary Jermaine, because she's the most stable one. Fair. Of the two. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, <laughs> Alba, uh, let's see. Maybe fuck Mama, but, like, I'd be terrified because, like, she might kill me if yeah. I was with her daughters. Mm-hmm. So maybe kill her. But okay. she might kill me if I try to kill her. Yeah. But, uh, uh so, like, try to kill Mama. Uh, hopefully it goes well. And hopefully, uh, fuck Alba. But, like, she's yeah. a little yeah. too violent. 
Yeah. Because, like, that cow prod's like, mm, no. I'm sure it's brought up by, like, a, a, I'm black and, like, eh, this might get into some weird racial territory. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're... <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> you know, you guys had excellent answers. Thank this you. is a very good round of Mary Fuck Kill. Yeah, I think me and Spencer had great answers. Fully agree with you and Spencer. I'm 100%. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to marry Jermaine, gonna fuck Alba, I'm killing Mama. But I think you're going to have to kill Alba too. Afterwards? Afterwards. I think you fuck her and you oh, kill her. Uh, like, I hate to say that. Why but... would you do that to my wife? <laughs> could be racist and she could also like have a thing against people with mental disabilities and I, I just think it's probably not good all around she's very pretty though yeah. it's fine yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I agree, like, I agree. Okay. Like she, has a, she has a bit of an Elsa vibe yeah mm-hmm. Carmi's like mm-hmm. oh hello and I was like oh mm-hmm. no, this might go some weird territory I'm not comfortable with <laughs> look I've always been attracted to pigtails in baseball what can I say <laughs> oh my gosh do you guys have anything else for this are we are we have we fully talked about the baby i think we've done a great job spencer do you have any last comments about the baby that you would like to share uh no comment because i can go on for a while well then i guess i'll say this has been a lot of fun again tell everybody where they can find you online or where they can find the podcast all right the podcast we cut has a spikely podcast is on twitter facebook uh, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play Store. Yeah, so you can find us uh, all of those places. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Before we leave, I'll just say uh, you can find us at Cinema Parlor on iTunes, on Spotify. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Cinema Parlor. Uh, you can find me uh, personally on Letterboxd uh, under Chuck Madden Jr. That's Clover 84 on Letterboxd, I think. That's right. I am Plastic Werewolf. It's just me. It's what I do. All right. Uh, This has been a lot of fun. Um, So, Spencer, thank you again. And I hope that you will join us again sometime. I got some ideas. All right. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) Very nice. All right. Um, Hope everybody's staying safe out there. And uh, until next time, we'll talk to you again. Hugs and kisses. Yeah.